Hey, if you want to listen to the full Burt Show every day uninterrupted, we got no ads on that thing. All you have to do is become a bonus BS subscriber. That's bonus Burt Show. Find out more at thebirdshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. I will always believe, even though I hear women say, I don't want to play games. I don't want a man that plays games. I just want to be authentic and real. That when you guys first start going out, guys too, when you first start going out, there's a certain amount of game playing going on, right? Because you're thinking about them all the time, really. all you If you want to be authentic and text them as much as you're thinking about them when you first start going out, you're psycho. Yeah, right? 100%. So there's a certain amount of game playing going on, but sometimes it can backfire on you. It can, and I'm trying to get myself out of that game playing. I'm trying to just learn that, Katie, it's okay to just be yourself, and the right woman will just like you for just being uh-huh. you instead of playing this game. But it's just so hard when my friends are like, don't do too much too soon. Yeah. Don't make yourself too available. And there are some don't people that I know that I would say, don't be yourself. <laughs> Absolutely be somebody else. You're not one of those people. Yeah, but you're not one of those people. You should be (laughs) yourself. Well, thank you. So that's what I'm dealing with right now and struggling with because I went out one night and I was with my friends and we were having a good time partying and we were leaving. We were leaving this place, but then I heard my song. Like my song came on. I was like, no, we got to go back. (laughs) One more. (laughs) And so my friend was like, we should be going home. I'm like, no, girl, they playing my song. I'm going back inside. And I love the dedication to your song. <laughs> if I was out the door, yeah, sorry song. I'll, I'll catch you. You want to go back for your song? Uh, if I'm already out the door. Uh-uh. What yeah, was no, the song, no. Katie? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I can't remember. Oh, oh, yeah. How do you not remember oh, it's your song? It's important. It was right. like a hype right. song. It wasn't like a Beyonce song. It was a Beyonce song I would remember, but I knew it was just a hype song <laughs> that I was like, wow, they haven't played all this right. all night. Yeah. They haven't been playing like You Afro drove beat. out the parking lot and back, you don't even remember the song. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it was the Katie, I'm drunk song. Let's go back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. Right. <laughs> and so <laughs> I walk back in and my best friend, she just leaves me. She's like, all right, I'll be outside waiting for you after you dance on the floor with your song and I'll be outside. That's hilarious. And so as I, <laughs> as I go back inside, like all the servers and stuff, like you back already? I was like, it's for my song. Said <laughs> I don't remember the name of, but I'm here. And I love it so much. I'm going to play it at my wedding someday. It's going to be amazing. I still have a couple of brain cells left, uh, so I'm coming back to uh, leave them here. Yeah, thank you. Basically. <laughs> and so when I walk in, I'm just like, my first move is to go straight towards the dance floor. And then there's this woman and she looks into my soul. Like she, <laughs> she, she looks at me and she gives me the eyes. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I give her the eyes mm-hmm. back. And then she approaches me and then we like dance together. Like, you know, we oh. start, you know, we just immediately take each other's hands. And she's like facing me, I'm facing her. And we both have clasped our hands together. And like we're dancing, right? <laughs> wow. Okay. Behold the power of the song. Yes. <laughs> at least you remember her. Yeah. Yeah. And so then she looks at me and she's like, oh my gosh, you're like so gorgeous. I'm like, girl, you're gorgeous too. Are you gay? It's <laughs> 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 a good opening question. Let's not waste time here. Look, hey, you're like, I got one song. I got to make it fast. <laughs> I got three minutes and 20 seconds to learn everything that I need to know. <laughs> I mean, because sometimes women will just dance with you and they'll yeah. be drunk. So I'm uh-huh. like, let's not yeah. play any games here. Uh, <laughs> Especially because it's the end of your night. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so as my song is going off, she's like, let's exchange numbers. Let's go out. You know, it's my birthday weekend. Uh-huh. We should go out for brunch tomorrow. I'm like, girl, let's do mm. it. 
So <laughs> we exchange numbers. And then when I get home, She's like, once again, it was nice meeting you and all this stuff. Like, you're just so gorgeous. And I'm like, girl, you are too. <laughs> and she said something else, but I didn't respond back because I had went to sleep by that time. So the next day, we talked about going to brunch. I sent her a good morning text. I'm like, you know, good morning. I hope your night went well. She responds back, good morning, with like a, the smiley face with the heart emojis okay. around it. Uh-huh. All right, that's nice. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, cool. And then I'm like, Katie, don't respond back right now. <gasps> uh, what? Wait. Give uh-huh. some time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't don't immediately respond back. Don't seem too eager. This mm-hmm. is what's going on in my head. I understand. You know? Yep. So then I just waited out. I'm like, you respond back in a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Then a couple of hours went by and I was like, nah, nah, nah. Oh, don't no. sound too available. Oh, yeah. Wait, Come wait, on. wait, wait. Yeah. You know? And then she sends a message. She actually double texts and she's like, you know, Uh-oh. will I be able to see you today? And I'm like, today? Wow. Yeah. And I just waited one more hour. I was like, I give it one more hour. She double text And then I mm-hmm. rose. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. But I was trying to play mm-hmm. hard to get. Okay. So then by 6 p.m. that day, I text her back. <sighs> 6 p.m. And she hits you first thing in the morning. Yeah. Wow. Well, she, Katie hit her first thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah so I did. So she instigated it. Okay, I yeah. did. And then you bail, right? And then by 6 p.m. that day, I hit her back. And she disappeared on me. Yeah. Yeah. You deserve that one. Yep. You sure you earned that yeah. one. You earned it. Why yeah. did you do that? I was trying to play hard to get. I didn't want to seem too eager. I was well, like, it worked. Nah. You sent a good morning text. Like, you're <laughs> safe after the good morning text. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing hard to get after, after I texted her at 6 in the morning <laughs> as morning. soon as my eyes opened up. Yes. <laughs> it was too late to play it cool. Still laying in bed, having brushed my teeth, but thinking about you. <laughs> I mean, looking back at it, that was really stupid of me to make that move because that night it was just perfect yes. but yeah so that backfires yeah so, so there, it used to be back in the day right um even b- before cell phones and texting and all that it was three days we go out i don't yeah. seem too eager it's the three-day rule the 72 hour rule 72 hours nowadays with the technology we have might as well be a year and a half yep mm-hmm. it's, and people's <laughs> attention spans are shorter now than they ever were yep yeah you screwed up is, is there good. any rebounding from this is there any i mean at this point it's probably too late because it was a week ago but is there any rebounding with honesty like you know what i was just playing a stupid game yesterday i was eager to talk to you and i didn't want to seem too eager so i am sorry can we do this all over again yeah i mean if you if you do have a shot that's it that's That's the way you got to approach it and if she doesn't accept it you just got to understand it well now i think it's been too long like bert said it's been a week i think that's the only thing that can save you right there yeah Mm -hmm. and then i was too embarrassed even to hit you back for the last week but i've been thinking about you every day Ooh, do it. Ooh. What do you, have you got to lose? She's no. She'll no. say no, or she don't respond. Well, she'll okay. take six hours to respond back to Katie. <laughs> <laughs> if she or, does that, she matches energy. I like her. Or text her the song that y'all dance to. That's your favorite song. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> All right, you still got uh, a a chance. Okay. All right, it hasn't flatlined yet. Give it one more shot. I'll send a message. I think a little brutal honesty, humility might go a long way here. Okay. All right, we're going to force you into this Monday. We're going to check back with you first thing. Okay. Okay? All right. Go get it. Go get it. All right, we've already heard one red flag of dating right here. Um, (laughs) Her name is Katie. Her name is Katie. (laughs) Just a big red flag. (laughs) 
The Burt Show. So Cassie has this list she found, the biggest dating red and green flags for Gen Z and millennials. Yeah, there was um, a survey done about some research, and they asked Gen Zers and also millennials what their dating red flags would be. And for men and women, there are like some very big differences. But what's interesting is the green flags for both are the same. Or uh, one of the big ones are the same, and it's having a hobby. So if you have a hobby, then you are in the clear. And I think that means like it's showing that you are actually interested in something and that you're not going to rely on your partner to bring the you know, the the activities for y'all to do and the interests. So have you guys ever dated anybody who didn't have a hobby? Like, does that matter to y'all? Yes. For me, absolutely. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. It's me. Uh, Hi, I'm the problem. And my husband, neither one of us really have hobbies. (laughs) Somebody asked me about this just last week. And uh, as I was answering it, I figured it out. Like, I have always done things in a way that uh, I need to show progression to a successful finish line, right? Hobbies don't do that for me. That's just supposed to be fun. Fun? I'm supposed to be working towards some kind of win. So I've never had any kind of hobbies. I need to change that. That's a lie. You do have a hobby. Sports is your hobby. You love the San Diego Padres. You love the San Diego, like the char. You love the Chargers now. Like is that a, is that a hobby? hobby? Yeah, I don't think like watching sports is a hobby. That's just being a did lazy. We debate if like watching TV was a hobby before. We did. did you yes. say like raising your kids is a hobby? Yeah. My kid is my hobby right now. Yes, that got a lot of pushback. So I, I wouldn't say that that's a hobby. It's something that you would. First of all, I. While I do watch them, and I have for years and years and years, I don't enjoy it because they suck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun. It's not fun at all. But no, I don't. I don't have anything. Uh, there's no painting. Fitness. Working out is to stay out of a coffin. Like a right? yeah. yeah, but your interest in fitness, I would say, is more than just the superficial or I don't want to die. It's like granular. Okay. The way you break down sports. And I would also argue that you run multiple businesses. So even though that's work, it's also your life. You know what I mean? Like it's different from having a nine to five mm. desk job where you're working for somebody else and then you go home and you don't have a hobby. Let's try interchanging words, hobby and passion. Like as long yeah. as you have passion and yeah. other things, mm-hmm. and that means other other interest. So I, we do. We always debate so heavily what the definition of hobby is. <laughs> but I feel like if you have other passions in life and things that you're interested in that makes you an interesting person and, an, and, you know, that can stand on your own as an individual, that is appealing to another person. So the other green flags were surprisingly people who read for both. This is for both sexes, people who read and smart shoppers, people who looked for deals and got bargain deals. Now, here are the red flags for women when it comes specifically to dating men. Biggest red flag if they listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. (laughs) This one was crazy. So when did why is that? Because I will hear clips of Joe. I don't listen to his show. I don't subscribe to it, but it will come up on YouTube. And when I listen to it, it's not super. I haven't heard anything super off putting. So I think the general I'm generalizing here. Okay. So it's just that there are misogynistic things said on the show or things that are not quite as open-minded and open-thinking. He's not an Andrew Tate, but he is... If a dude is quoting Joe Rogan as if it's like the Bible, Hmm. that's a problem because it tells you a lot about the guy's mentality. So it's one thing to like listen to it or like check out clips or online, but if you're like every day, oh my God, Joe speaks the truth, it's just a certain kind of guy does that. Hmm. 
That is a general generalization. I know he also pissed the black community off yeah. for, for saying the N-word in like over 100 episodes. Why would he do that? I have no idea. Because he's Joe Rogan. Okay. Yeah. Joe Rogan. Okay, now I don't like him. Okay, now you don't. <laughs> I, would, I would never date me. Another one, they refused to see the Barbie movie. Flat out refused. Not that they went, didn't understand it, maybe didn't like it, yeah. that they refused mm-hmm. to even give it a chance. Again, generalization, but tells you what kind of guy you're getting into bed with, essentially, if they're that shut off from it. And then they don't have hobbies is number three. Hmm. Now, the biggest red flags for men when it comes to women, no hobbies. You have to have a hobby, even knitting. Find yourself one. Second one, they're into astrology. <laughs> uh. Now, here's here's the thing. Oh, I'm attacked. No, I, there's astrology and then there's astrology. Like, I know, of, I have a friend who's really into it. And we'd be talking about, like, politics and I don't, I don't even know how she knows it. She's like, oh, yeah, Mitch McConnell's the Capricorn, Capricorn sun rising with a Libra undershadow. Okay, yeah. I'm and it's like the 23rd lunar node of the month right before the full moon. So this all makes sense. And it gets intense, like, when you look at star charting and everything. And that's her passion. I don't understand it. I tell her, I'm like, I have no idea what you just <laughs> yeah. said. So I think that's the level of astrology yep. that they're talking about. I will say Got this it. to my fiancés, who's all this into this astrology thing. And she'll just rattle on about all these houses and everything else yeah. and I will literally say to her you can talk about this as much as you want I just want to let you know I checked out two and a half minutes ago <laughs> I would be like are you telling me about a Harry Potter movie I'm very confused right now <laughs> hey if you love it live your best truth but I think that's uh, for some people when you're that deep and you're talking about it all the time it can be a turn off and then the third biggest turn off for men when it comes to women they don't ask for details so if you're listening to a story that a guy's mm. telling and you're not asking for uh. details I think I, I'm guessing you'll see it as you're not interested and you, they want you to ask for more details. I understand that one. Be an active listener. Yeah. yeah. The Burt Show. What's trending now? Go! Kristen knows. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Let's see if I remember how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Abby's out today, so Kristen is filling in for Abby, who is filling in for Kristen, who's taking over the job. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. All right, y'all, it is getting so messy between Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner, and the kids are involved, and it's not just messy, it's kind of sad, mm-hmm. if you think about it. And I hate that all this stuff is public, actually, also. I know. So, Sophie is now suing Joe, claiming that he's unlawfully keeping their kids in New York City, um, even though they supposedly agreed she could take them to the UK because she's British. She wants to, and they have agreed that they were going to get a house there and that's where they were going to raise the kids because it's safer. Um, And she even used the word abducted when she filed this lawsuit. Um, And this, uh, this lawsuit is being filed in federal court because it's an international matter. Now, what Joe is saying is this is not true. Um, The divorce got filed in Florida and apparently there is a rule in Florida that when you file for divorce and kids are involved, you can't take them anywhere. Like, you have to, like, see this out. Mm-hmm. And that's why he can't give Sophie the kids' passports. Yeah, um, me and my ex-wife had the same agreement that you're not allowed to take the kids, you're not allowed to move out of state mm-hmm. without permission from the other parent. That makes sense, right? But at the same time, if you believe the reports, like they put their Miami home up for sale and were renting with the intent of buying a place in the UK. They had already found a place. Mm-hmm. So they had agreed that they were going to England to raise the kids, like Kristen said. So at pre, that point. Pre-divorce. Yes. Right. But yeah. But then if, divorce happens. 
Yeah, but then that's not why does Joe get to withhold the passports and keep the kids in Florida when they were already agreed that they were going to be raised in the UK and Sophie doesn't get to bring her children to her home country? Well, because they made that agreement when they were legally married. So once you get divorced, then all bets off. And if this is their home, then shaking them up and having them go to England and live half the time there and half the time here, most judges are going to look at that and go, it's too stressful for the kids. Mm. Um, Sophie also says... She was blindsided by the divorce. She's claiming she found out that Joe filed by reading it like all of us in the media and in the tabloids. Wow. So she claims they had an argument August 15th. Joe filed on September 1st, and she found out on the 5th through the media. Now, that's her story. Joe is denying all of this. He says Sophie was aware that he was going to file. And Joe also says that He was the one blindsided by Sophie's lawsuit. He thought they were on the same page until she filed. And as far as where the kids have been, Sophie has been working and she has been filming. So they have been with Joe while he's been on tour. But now she's ready to take the kids back to the UK and she can't because Joe's not releasing the passports. It's just a mess. I don't know the law on this, but I I, I do believe that you can have this stuff sealed So if you didn't want it getting out to the public, that you can do this sort of, I don't want to say on the record, off the record, to where this is just between the two of them, but you get two celebrities involved, then I guess there's the court of public opinion you got to think about. But do you think they have kept this open because her motherhood got attacked, and now she, like, is filing this and making it public to let everybody know, no, those are my kids, and I love them, and I want to take them to the UK, and I'm not being allowed to do so? Yeah, I think think because, and this is all alleged, but Joe Jonas's PR team ran that smear campaign against Sophie, attacking her motherhood, um, to calling her a party girl, even though multiple times in interviews she says she's an introvert. I think if he hadn't done that, this might have been under the radar. But unfortunately, no matter if Sophie's story is spin, I think everybody is immediately going to believe her because Joe messed up and tried to attack her character and her motherhood already. So he's already the bad guy and a lot of the public's like, idea and then I would if I were Sophie's PR team and lawyer I would have been like keep this open he tried to smear your name and now we can accuse him basically of abducting the kids and it's going to give you leverage in the court of public opinion which is it's sad that it comes to that but when it comes to kids I mean I know my own I would fight tooth and nail I'll do whatever it takes to keep my kids all right so Lizzo is being sued by another person this is a brand new lawsuit separate from the one we've already heard about and is another member of her touring team over working conditions, but her her lawyer's calling this like bogus and absurd and a publicity stunt. Now, to be fair, she's not accusing Lizzo of anything. She actually was hired by Amanda Nomura um, and she was part of Lizzo's wardrobe team. So it's Asha Daniels who's filing the lawsuit. Uh, She said they worked grueling hours, 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. They were refused breaks. Um, Asha, who is a black woman, says uh, Nomura was brutal, making racist and fact uh, fat phobic comments, um, calling black women on the tour dumb, useless, and fat. She said that she wasn't allowed to dress sexy around Lizzo because Lizzo would get jealous when her boyfriend was around other beautiful women. But Lizzo's team isn't holding back. As soon as this came out, her spokesman said that we will pay this as much attention as it deserves. Mm. 
None. Okay. Okay. That makes a statement right there. Uh Uh-huh. All right, coming up in your next entertainment buzz, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Are they or are they not dating in your next entertainment buzz on The Bird Show? Turns out you're still pretty good at it. All right, I I, I feel, you know. One bad at all. (laughs) Didn't go to bed till midnight last night. Look at you. It's like riding a bike. I'll screw up the next one. (laughs) (laughs) We're counting up. All right. The Burt Show. Crazy clip from 30 years ago that's circulating today that really shows how far we've come. Do you guys even carry around cash anymore? I don't. Me neither. I don't either. Pay everything with cards now, right? It's like not e- It's weird to pay with cash. It feels weird. Right? So this clip is going around from 30 years ago because it was Burger King that was the first fast food franchise that installed credit card machines. And this is from a TV report in 1993. People pretty much predicting that this is never going to work. The home of the Whopper is offering cash or credit. I think it's pretty bad if you have to use a credit card when you go to a fast food restaurant for something as little as $3.10. Burger King bosses say workers won't have to figure out how much change the customer gets back. I just hope it doesn't slow things down at the cash and carry that people are going to be having to call New York and get the confirmation or, you know, whatever it is. Because when I want a Whopper, I want it now. It's another way to spend money. I'm sure it'll work for people on vacation when they don't have to do something, but I can't imagine it working on on a day-to-day basis here. I can't even imagine it. <laughs> wow. So I'm assuming debit cards weren't a thing then and it came directly out of your checking account. I guess, I guess so. Yeah. Can't I, remember. Have you seen the newest thing is that Gen Z really doesn't even carry cards. They just use their phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Apple yeah. Pay for everything. Apple pay. And I realize sometimes I'll do that too. I'll just go out with my... Yep. But I feel naked if I don't have like some form of yeah. physical payment. Uh, that's the next thing for sure. All right. So maybe you're about to do this one thing in your relationship that at least one member of the Burt Show thinks you're going to curse it. You're accidentally going to curse your relationship. So the things that Katie and I end up passionately debating on our podcast in the moment are always funny to me because we see things so differently. And I have a feeling I'm going to be fighting an uphill battle with this debate, but I genuinely believe this when I say this. (laughs) Katie believes that tattoos are legit a curse for relationships. It's the kiss of death, baby. That's what she believes. Same mm-hmm. tattoos, like matching, matching tattoos. tattoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you get the person's or name. Or you get the person's name. Even if one person gets the other person doesn't get it. Or anything relating to that person, their birthday. Anything relating to the person that you're dating. If you have a tattoo, it's a curse. You know, David Beckham mm-hmm. just got posh like on his finger. Oh, he's going to lose that finger. <laughs> Watch today. He's going to be trying to screw something in or drilling something. That finger's coming right off. Man never really needed fingers anyway. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So even the date, uh, but it has to be matching, right? No. Not, no. It, it, anything that, any tattoo that pertains to whoever your partner is, I think it's a curse. So I don't think tattoos are a curse. I think it's just people. Because technically, <laughs> the divorce rate is half at this point, right? Mm-hmm. 50-something percent. Mm-hmm. So half of relationships are just simply not going to make it, whether you get tattoos or not. And if you look at all of the celebrity couples that have gotten tattoos, half of them are going strong. Mm-hmm. Half of them haven't made it. I don't think it's the tattoos. I think it's the people. Mm. You just think it's the numbers. It's a numbers game. It's just the numbers game. I don't think it's an actual but, curse. So here's the thing. As we bring this up on the podcast, right, he mm-hmm. goes down the list of celeb couples who have <laughs> matching tattoos or tattoos about one another. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. One of those couples he mentioned just happened to be Joe Jonas. Oh, and really? so he <laughs> It literally happened the next week. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Of uh, course. <laughs> what tattoos do they have? 
Um, I'll, I'll have I have it here. I will tell you because, uh-huh. well, you mentioned David Beckham yep. and Victoria Beckham. They are still together, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner had uh, two infinity. One of them has two infinity on one wrist, and the other has uh, and beyond on the other. <laughs> they got <laughs> Toy Story on their wrist. Yes. Like they Buzz got- Lightyear's quote. Well, didn't he start off as a Disney star? So this sort of makes a little sense, right? Yeah, but... <laughs> what are you going to get? There's a snake and Tiffany's going to get in my boots on hers? <laughs> Here is uh, Jordan to say, hey, 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 it's not a curse. What's going on? Hey, what's up, brother? Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, me and my wife, we got matching tattoos uh, one year into our relationship. It was, we were fresh. And then we've been together for seven years. Married for almost six, and we have two wonderful kids, and I'm not going to lie to you, man. Best partner I've ever had. Look at that. Look at love. For now. Katie says you're destined. Yeah, (laughs) enjoy it now, because next week you're probably calling up going, Katie was right. (laughs) Even if you're 90, at some point you're going to decide, man. This is not the one for me. Jordan, was there any... Oh, he's gone. Um, I wonder if there's any, like, tensions. I wonder if any couple has ever broken up because they couldn't figure out what matching tattoo to get together. (laughs) 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 The ink was even dry. I wonder if it's, like, maybe not the kiss of death, but it's a certain person, like, kind of going to Mo's point of it's Hmm. the people. Like, if you're likely to get a couple's tattoo, maybe you, like, love passionately and love hard, and then you Mm. also hate hard. So when that passion dries up, Mm. instead of, like, trying to make it work you're just like fired up we're done do you know what I mean like yeah, I feel like exactly. it's a mm-hmm. specific kind of person who would get their significant other's name tattooed on them yeah I think it's a numbers game also I man. see <laughs> it is not a curse it is people mm. alright you can always check out in the moment tell them where it's at oh uh, it's everywhere you get your podcast and um, most podcasts are part of the <laughs> Pioneer Network I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life reality TV fights make it spicy my margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't got to worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery adam and eve ships things out in discreet packaging so you and deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code abby at checkout that's a b b y at adamandeve.com this exclusive offer is specific to this podcast so be sure to use code abby to get your discount code abby the bird show all right so email you got something going on in your life that's super stressing you out and you want some to Total incomplete strangers to give you some advice. Hit us up at thebirdshow.com. In this case, she might have a pretty stressful day or weekend ahead of her because she thinks a coworker is spreading a whole bunch of rumors about her. And today is the day she wants to confront her. So if you guys want in on this, one eight five five Birdshow, dear Birdshow fam, I'm not entirely sure how to handle an office problem I'm having. For full context, this is my first quote-unquote real job, and I'm the youngest in my office. There are several others who are a few years older than me, but I'm the youngest. For those reasons, I'm really sensitive about how I handle myself. I'm trying really hard to prove myself and seem seem professional. (laughs) Not be professional. Seem professional. Well, a coworker of mine, for some reason, doesn't seem to like me. 
I try to remain friendly and keep it professional. I've always been a, po- a people pleaser, so it bothers me when someone doesn't like me. I know that there is always someone who will dislike you, and I'm trying to be okay with that. However, beyond just not liking me, this particular coworker seems to enjoy gossiping about me and even spreading untrue rumors. Seems she stalked my social media and has found details of my personal life. She's not only gossiping about aspects that are true, but then seems to have spread rumors about untrue things that she has assumed. What a miserable person. Right. Thankfully, none of these rumors or gossip is about my job or job performance. However, the fact that someone is talking about my personal life and making up untrue things about me is really upsetting me. It's begun to impact my day-to-day well-being. I also don't think gossip about my personal life is helping me build the professional respect I'm going for. But I'm torn. Do I approach HR or my managers about it? My main concern is that I don't want to come off as childish or like I'm making a mountain out of a molehill. But at the same time, i really like it to stop. Can somebody help me here? Shelby, 1-855-BIRCHA. So I feel like before you approach HR or your managers, um, this is where you're an adult working in an adult environment and somebody is doing something like that. You approach them and you talk to them about it. And you try to have a civil conversation. And if that civil conversation doesn't go anywhere or the person is um, not receptive to what you're saying, then you can take it to the next step. But I feel like if, if you have a problem with somebody, you, shouldn't, you should be able to voice that concern to them. And if they're not willing to make any adjustments, then you can seek management. And I, I feel like going to management mm-hmm. at this point you need to talk to her first mm-hmm. and get try to get to the bottom. Like, did I do something to upset you? I've, you know, I've heard you've said some things about, and these things aren't true. And I just, I don't appreciate the um, rumor mongering that's happening in the office. Does that work in the real world? Like when you literally sit, sit somebody down and just go, hey, what, what's up? Did they respect you more after that? Will so, it stop it? Well, here, pro- probably not. Like This may be like a fool's errand, okay? Probably nothing's going to come of it. But at least you can tell HR, I tried talking to her and she like, she she turned me down. So I feel like that's doing your due diligence in the issue and you can prove, like you can let HR know, I'm not coming here to tattle on somebody. I, I tried talking to her. I tried telling her that this was affecting me and I would appreciate if she wouldn't, you know, say these things. Um, and also, <laughs> like this sucks. There's going to be mean people you work with and at a certain point, you have to stop caring what people think. There's a fine line here. Like you shouldn't let people like walk all over you, but also there's a point where you just shouldn't care mm-hmm. and it, it and it shouldn't matter. Yeah. I, I think the mature thing to do would certainly be to talk to her. But if I'm honest, I probably would ignore it for, for a couple reasons. Yeah. For one, I feel like in my experiences with people who do things like this and behave this way, there's really not much you're going to be able to say that's really going to turn them around. That's just who she is. And like you said, that's just a part of life. Wherever you go, yeah. you're going to mm-hmm. experience someone like this. You just have to learn to continue to just be yourself and just ignore it. And sometimes people who do this, if if you show that it's bothering you, they'll even double down and, and, and be worse about it. Probably. So if it's me, I'd, I'd just ignore it. How many times have we said this about social media? Like when you answer the negativity 
um, then it feeds them, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't say anything at all, it actually smothers the problem. So I think Mo might be right here. I think I would just like, time to grow up. Mm-hmm. You know what? Half people are going to like you. Half people aren't going to like you, right? It's just kind of time to grow up here. And that's a really, it's a hard thing for a people pleaser to accept. It is. <laughs> the Burt Show. All right, it has been really interesting having Jackson Kim uh, join the Burt Show and learning about Korean and Asian culture. And he brought up something while we were all hanging out the other day that the, the name itself or the phrase itself just seems so offensive to me. It doesn't seem it is. It is. It can come across as that way, and I guess it kind of is a little bit of a slur or something. Uh, What they're talking about is being labeled a banana or a Twinkie. Um, Visually, you can imagine that that means you are yellow on the outside and white on the inside. Now, is this something Hmm. that the Asian community calls each other? It has kind of different context depending on who tells it to you, I think. So if people within the community tell you that, that usually means someone who um, they don't speak their native language at home or, you know, your aunts or uncles might call you that as someone, you know, as kind of like talking down to like the younger generation of like you're rejecting culture kind of thing. It has a bit of a different connotation when, say, like a white person calls you that. It feels a little bit more offensive in that that sense. How often have you been called that? So the funny thing is, is like, like if if we take a step back and we rewind to childhood Jackson, baby Jackson, right, young, innocent, and probably very ignorant Jackson, um, I never really saw myself as any different than any other kid on the block. You know, um, my parents always had like their white friend group and their Korean friend group, and they never really mixed and like met each other all that often. It was very rare when those kind of occasions would happen. And I didn't think anything of it. I also grew up in a pretty diverse area where my schools growing up had a lot of diversity. There's a lot of people that looked like me and I never thought anything of it. It wasn't until I switched over to private school when I was in middle school and I went to a predominantly white school where I realized that I was pretty different. And that's when the label started kind of coming out a lot more. And honestly, initially, I didn't take offense to it. I kind of leaned into it. And that's where I think a lot of like this whole like identity crisis that I've been talking to you guys a lot about has come up where I started seeing it more as a compliment because it felt like I was being treated the same as them and they were seeing me kind of the same as them. Uh, The problem arises though where I think afterwards it started happening where sure they would sort of treat me the same way and they would call me a banana or Twinkie or whatever the case was (laughs) but outwardly I obviously still look Korean so the stereotypes of what it means to be Korean still existed so when I would struggle in a math class in middle school it was like well shouldn't this be easy for you and it was like being kind of put under a microscope for all the wrong reasons whereas they like took advantage of the right reasons why I was getting along with them. Gotcha. Do a lot of Jackson's stories Stories in his community feel close to some of the stories you have in the black community also? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one in particular, because I, I'd never heard that phrase at all, but um, in the black community, it's Oreo. That's what, you know, if a black person is trying to say that you're white on the inside, black on the outside, they'd call you an Oreo, which is a phrase that you, I'm sure if you're black, you've heard it a lot since you were a kid. So this one in particular, I had no idea that your community went through that the same way that I was that's Yeah, I remember in a prior segment you had mentioned that and, like, how sometimes it felt like people would kind of call you out for, like, not being, quote, black enough, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of similar to how I would feel in this Mm -hmm. way. But then it would seem unfair when they'd call me out for other things where, like, I would have to be stereotypically Asian, you know? And so this kind of persisted all through my, you know— 
late middle school, high school days where um, I was... kids are really nice and kind yeah, and friendly. exactly. Where, <laughs> and it was even my closest friends. And again, like, I initially didn't really take offense to it. It just seemed like it was unfair for it to only come out that, like, I was my Koreanness when it was, like, a time to kind of make fun or, you know you know, make jabs at me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm driving in the car with my friends and, you know, everyone does make a mistake every once in a while. You park a little crooked, you you know, you make a wrong turn, whatever. For me, it would be like, oh, it's because of the way oh, that you yeah. look that this yeah. would happen, yeah. you know? Right, right. Or like, um, if I did well on a test for some, for whatever reason, it was like my effort would be discounted mm -hmm. and it would be more like, oh, you, you did this, you're good at this because you're Asian, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it's uh, getting better for like this generation now, the younger generation Koreans, younger generation Asians? I just think generally people are a lot more tolerable yeah. these days and a lot more accepting these days. I'm hoping to God that all these kids growing up these days don't have to deal with a lot of the stuff right. that I had to deal with growing up. Um, I don't regret anything by any means of, you know, how I was brought up or anything like that. But I do think that people probably have it a little bit easier and a little bit. People are a little more respectful now. The Bird Show. What's trending now? Yo! Kristen knows. It's the Birch House Entertainment Buzz. Are they or are they not dating? That is the question when it comes to Travis Kelsey and when it comes to Taylor Swift. The man is working hard. Uh -huh. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and he, I think he's sick of his brother, Jason. So Travis <laughs> Kelsey, um, who plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, shot his shot with Taylor Swift, right? Tried to meet her at a concert, had a friendship bracelet with his digits on it, right? She doesn't meet anybody before the concert, doesn't speak. It's because, like, she's doing a bajillion songs and she needs to save her voice. Totally understandable. Um, and people are trying to get to the bottom of this, and so they're obviously asking his brother, Jason, um, who's also an NFLer, if, you know, hey, is your brother dating Taylor Swift? And I think Travis is sick of hearing his brother talk and really wants him to shut the you know what up. I don't know why I can't see these two as a couple. I don't know. I see her as this like introspective. She wants to sit down over candles and talk about life and relationships. And I don't know, maybe it's stereotypical, but he just seems like a meathead tight end. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. But opposites attract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. um, but Travis says it seems that they are talking because her life is so public. She hasn't said one word about mm -hmm. this. I really feel like he needs to follow suit yeah. here. Yeah. I, he's, I mean, obviously, she loves the privacy of it all, and it's like you are blowing it every single time you talk about her. And he kind of likes this kind of attention. I mean, he did a reality TV show. He's on a dating show. So yeah. it's kind of his thing. And that's not Taylor's thing. Uh -uh. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see any, like, future in this. All right, so NSYNC doing the promotional rounds because they have a new song coming out that's going to be in the Trolls movie. Um, maybe there's something else. But we have yet to get confirmation of anything else. So they were just on um, the hot one, hot ones, which is where people go eat spicy wings and they get progressively hotter as they're answering questions. Can I tell you why I hate these videos so much? Every time I watch them, why? Because it's such a good idea, and I'm just like, <laughs> why didn't we think of this? It's a brilliant. It's idea. such a good idea, right? When you have to answer these questions, mm -hmm. and the wings that you're eating get progressively hotter and hotter and hotter, and the questions are always really pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, the, it was the entire group, and they did confirm that minus Lance and Justin, they were Jedi's in Star Wars: Attack of the Clones. So they got to like you know put the outfits on, um, 
and do the scene, but their scene got cut. So it made uh, Justin and Lance feel a little bit better since they didn't get to participate. Yeah, most don't know this, that uh, Mo is a stormtrooper. We're not going to tell you which movie. <laughs> no. Um, but if you look really, really carefully, you'll be able to see that Mo is in Star Wars. That's you already gave him too much. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we know Justin Timberlake has become a meme in the past years because of It's Gonna Be May. <laughs> And uh, he goes, that was not his idea. We can blame it on Swedish producer Max Martin. I don't think people fully appreciate Max Martin's influence on pop music, especially in the 90s and 2000s. He's the reason Britney Spears sings the way she does. Oh, so we have him to blame. Uh, No. (laughs) How dare you? But my favorite is there's a TikTok going now, around now, where it's just this woman saying, what's a word you mispronounced once and regret it because, you know, you got blasted over it and Justin Timberlake stitched it and just said me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nicki Minaj's husband is under house arrest for threatening another rapper. I'll break down what happened in your next entertainment buzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. You guys are going to have to explain this one to me. Um, I just read this this morning. Cass, Kristen, women are now adding fake second belly buttons to their stomach to make their legs look longer. This is news to me. (laughs) <laughs> I haven't seen my belly button in years. <laughs> okay. uh, it says it, this original thing right above our C-section <laughs> scars. <laughs> yeah, I added a C-section scar <laughs> to make my legs look longer. <laughs> it's a nice smiley face. Oh, it is. It's a yeah. smiley face. And our boobs from breastfeeding hang so low. Those can be your eyes. eyes. Oh, <laughs> the nose and the smile. It's a drunk smiley face. Man, I feel so much better about my body now that I know I have a built-in smile. Smiley face. We, we really do between our sagging nipples, our belly button, and our C section scars. My life is great. Hey, self esteem in here is through the roof. Hey, don't worry, Peter. Can you make them go googly eyes? Just like whipping your chest around. So, this has become like a thing in China first, all right? I'm just going to read it because I don't understand it. You buy temporary tattoos. This sounds asinine. That look like belly buttons. You put one on your stomach a few inches above your actual belly button and cover your real one with a high-waisted skirt or pants. If you wear a crop top or anything that shows your stomach, it creates an optical illusion. Your waist looks higher, so your legs look longer. Wow. So I'm looking at the before and after photo because there's a photo of a woman wearing like low-rise sweatpants exposing her belly button. And then she has on the belly button tattoo. It has pulled the pants up. Does it work? I mean... It does, but I don't know what's appealing about it. I feel like you could just pull your pants up and probably, like, get the same effect. But then you would be hiding your belly button. Correct, yes. So this is showing the fake belly button. Yes. And creating a longer look. It's very bizarre. If it makes you happy and it fuels the tattoo, fake tattoo industry, you know, I I can't be mad at it. Oh, you really don't think that, you liar. I don't, it's dumb. I don't get it. I don't get it, but it doesn't mean somebody else isn't applying a fake belly button tattoo right now in the mirror being like, damn, I look good. (laughs) All right, Courtney, just how good a friend are you about to be? What's going on? Uh, well, that is to be determined. Um, <laughs> the company my best friend works for is growing and adding new positions. And um, from what I hear, they are also like making adjustments to the roles of the current employees. 
you know, some getting promotions and others are just taking on different jobs. So a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both used to work together for years until she left to go to this new company. She ended up getting a much better position at this new company and she's been trying to get me to interview over, you know, like for a while now. And I, I finally gave in and I interviewed for the position. And soon after my interview, I was offered a job. And the thing is, I wasn't offered the one I interviewed for. It was a much better position. In fact, it was the position my friend was hoping to be promoted to. Mm. Yeah. So... I, I I'm I haven't told her yet, and what I want to know is if I should turn down the job in order to protect my friend, or yeah. I'm having a little I'm having a little problem with attention today because we were out so late last night. Doing Remember, nobody cares. Yeah, I know nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's what I say when we come in. I was like, nobody listening cares that we're tired, no. and that's true. But I'm only saying that to save myself from looking like an idiot if she's already covered this. Yes. Um, did she say that the friend knows that they were both up for the same job? Did you say that? Well, no. Okay. Um, I just said that like. We, I interviewed for a specific position, but they offered me the one that my friend is hoping okay. to get promoted to. So she knows you're applying for the company. She's probably yes. excited about that because, you know, her friend, you all could work together. And so you apply for a position, but after meeting you and seeing your qualifications, they're like, no, we don't want to give you this job. We want to give you one that's higher, but that's the one your friend was hoping she would be promoted to. Correct. Does she need this job like way more than you do? Well, she has a job. Or the promotion, I should say, way more than you do? I mean, I I, I would, it's kind of equal. I I, I don't know. She doesn't have kids, so maybe she needs something more exciting in her life. Uh, I do. But I don't know. It's definitely, there's no... She's not, like, starving for mm-hmm. any, like, financial increase. Okay. So, no. My thing would be... <sighs> no. If, there's no way for you to know that if you don't take it, that doesn't necessarily mean that she'll get it, right? Yeah. Right. True. Mm-hmm. Very true. Cass? I think if this were... If I were in your position, or if I wanted that position, my friend got hired for it, I would be very disappointed, but I would want my friend to take it. Yeah. But I think the fact that you are questioning it means you're a great friend. And this is what I would do if I were in your shoes. I would go to my friend and I would say, great news, good news and bad news. I got a job at the company that you wanted me to apply for. Unfortunately, it's this position. I don't want to ever cut you out of getting your 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 bag and your paycheck. I just wanted to let you know. And honestly, I'd let the friend make a choice. And then if she didn't make a choice... I'd feel her out. Like, if she was super disappointed, I probably wouldn't take it because I would value mm. the friendship more than the job if I didn't really, really <laughs> need the paycheck. That's funny. Um, <laughs> Why is that funny? Because <laughs> sometimes I think that women look at business differently than dudes do. Uh, and in a case like this, I wouldn't be going to her asking if she was okay with it. Mm-hmm. I would go to her and tell her I am taking the job uh, just to let her know. But me taking it wouldn't have anything to do with, like, her being disappointed and her wanting it more than me. Yeah, I honestly wouldn't think twice about it. I would completely take it. But I would give my friend the courtesy of giving mm-hmm. a heads up. Yep. Hey, Brandy, good morning. You're part of the Bird Show. Hi. Hey, guys. Love you guys. P1 here. Thank you. Um, to Bert 
And most point, like, no, what if this friendship fizzles out years from now and you chose not to take the job because you were sensitive and worried about a friend? Absolutely not. That friend's not paying those bills. That job is paying those bills. So, I mean, like to uh, Mo's point, I might tell her, just says, hey, heads up, mm-hmm. I'm taking this job. I want you to know, like, as a courtesy, but you always got to look out for you, especially your bank account and your bills, because they're going to keep coming every month. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, if she's a real friend, she should be happy for her, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the definition of a true friend. Like, I might yeah. be salty on the side. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be your number one fan. I'm glad you got it. I'm going to be a little salty over here for a minute, but I'm good. Salty on the side. side. I like it. <laughs> Me too. I like but, it. You know, as I've said, though, also before, is like, I mean, real friends really are very happy for yes. your success. Uh, most, I think, are happy for your success so long as you're just a little bit less successful than they are, right? Uh, and here's Sierra. Good morning. You are part of the Birch Show. Hi. Hi, guys. Um, so I work in the business world, and honestly, if they offered her the position that was higher, most likely they were looking to outsource and not hire within. So, I mean, if anything, I think you have an advantage for your friend being in a higher position to help elevate her down the road. Awesome. Appreciate you calling. All right. So, Courtney, I think we're all saying take this job. Yeah. Go for it. I mean, give her a heads up, but take this job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that last advice was really, really helpful, especially. All right. Good luck this week. Congratulations. Weekend. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, it Thank should feel good. You. Thank you. True. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. The Bird Show. All right. Let's debate. All right. I saw this headline, and I also read the Craigslist ad. Those are still a thing. Really? (laughs) (laughs) And I want to know, would you let your spouse go clubbing with a friend of the opposite sex? Or if they are attracted to the same sex, whatever sex they're attracted to, Mm -hmm. that's the person they're going out with. All right? So let me explain. One New York man on Craigslist tried to find a crafty solution to ensure his wife could go to weekend events safely without him in attendance. So in a Craigslist ad that went viral, he says, my wife is great, but she always wants to go out, especially to Brooklyn electronic music events. Unfortunately, I'm unable to keep up with her. I'm not disabled or anything. I just need someone who can chaperone her to these events as a friend so I can get some rest. He goes, ideally, you're into this type of music. You like to party. You're probably in your late 20s to 30s. She's 30. The husband even set an hourly rate as well as offering to cover the price of admission to any event that would take place most likely on a Friday or a Saturday. If he goes, if you're interested, please respond with a brief description about yourself. Thanks. So my question for you, by the way, at the very beginning, it says looking for gay man to take wife out to party (laughs) in Chelsea. This was the ad. So... Something you would be cool with or as a spouse, is it your job to like suck it up (laughs) and not maybe all the time, but to support your spouse's interests? First of all, it's a dangerous ad, uh, especially if he shows the picture of his wife. Because you know how many straight dudes are going to go, yeah, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the gayest guy. Very, very safe. Gay as ever. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get more gay than me. I'll take your wife out. What does it say about me that not, that never even crossed my mind? I didn't think about it either, but it's fact. You're not a guy and you're not shady, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Mo, would you? Mm, 
No, nah, I don't think I could do that. I mean, if it was genuinely something she just wanted to do, yeah. then I would have to consider it. But if it was a situation like where it sounds like he's saying that he's just tired and he doesn't uh-huh. want to be out, nah, I would suck it up. I'm your club buddy. Even yeah. if I got to be in there sleep, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to take the opposite side of this. I'm so down with it. Really? I'm not worried about it at all. Look, either you have trust or you don't have trust, right? Right. Either it's going to happen at work. If, if it's going to happen, what am I going to do? Shield my fiance or my girlfriend, whatever, from every dude, every situation. Yeah. Uh, you trust the guy? Now, I, I wouldn't do it in this form. I wouldn't do it in an ad. It would have to be somebody I know. But yeah, look, one of her best friends, a guy named Jesse, is about as good looking a dude I've ever met in my life. They go out together and they hang out. It's safe, man. And if it happens, it happens. I would be cool if she knew the guy. But if she doesn't know the guy like a complete stranger, I don't know if I could do that. Um, way back in the day, um, my ex-wife loved to dance. She's a damn good dancer. I hate dancing. You do. Oh, my God. I'm so bad at it. I'm so uncomfortable. It's like the least thing that I like to do. So every time she wanted to go out, I knew specifically. I would call my friend Pete and go, Pete, you got to meet us out tonight. And you got to dance with my wife all night. <laughs> Are you serious? I swear what? to you, this is not a made-up story. Pete, we're going out tonight. Will you dance with Stacey all night? Pete was your dancing kid? Pete was my dancing dude. Okay. I'd sit at the bar and I have a drink, and they would have a great time all night, man. Did Pete ever like get a little too? Nah, Pete was ugly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he could dance, but he was ugly. He was perfect. <laughs> hey, Jackie. Good morning. You're on the bird show. <laughs> hey, why don't they just hire a security guard? Then she can go out with whoever she wants. Yeah. She's got security there to protect her. And by the way, even ugly dudes know how to hit on women. So. <laughs> yes, they do. They sure are probably better than good-looking guys, I'm actually. they work harder. Hire a security guard. Well, because, I mean, it says here, husband was seeking someone to chaperone his wife. Mm. So, and I was curious, did they get Cassie's perspective as far as, like, a husband looking for a chaperone for his wife because he doesn't want to go? By the way, just to that uh, last call before Cassie answers. Yeah. She can screw around with the bodyguard. Yeah, but it reflects on them professionally. So what? Yeah, Dudes but, don't care. No, I feel like in the security world, if you get that rap where you're not going to be professional around clients, like you're not going to get new jobs. No husband is going to hire you whatsoever. But <laughs> chaperone? Yeah. If it had said party buddy, I'd be like, that'd be one thing. It's weird. I mean, I guess if you live in a shady part of town and you want protection, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like that. I read that what... Like it just feels like they want somebody there to make sure their wife doesn't screw around on her. Right. I don't I don't like it. I don't like the idea of a chaperone. I am just going along with the idea that I'm assuming the wife has agreed to this in some capacity. And if she agrees to it, well then that that works for them. Are chaperones needed in Brooklyn? Yes. Okay. <laughs> in a word, yes. My, my advice to dudes is go find yourself an ugly Pete. That's <laughs> the bird show. The Bird Show. Absolutely impossible to thank everybody that we need to thank for noon tonight at Avalon last night, which benefited Bert's Big Adventure. Probably the biggest thing we need to do, reveal. Yes. The amount raised last night, again, in Alpharetta. Yeah, so Avalon goes above and beyond every single year for this event. Um, If you've never been to Avalon in Alpharetta, it's an outdoor, like, shopping, dining, just... um, 
wonderful place to go and hang out with friends and family. The hotel there is fabulous as well. And the whole boulevard is closed down so we can have this incredible fashion show for our kids. It's our 20th anniversary, so we had 20 kiddos rocking the blue carpet last night. Um, they felt like rock stars, thanks to Van Michael Salon, Kendra Scott hooking all of them up with jewelry. Um, they got to keep all of their clothing that they got to wear in the fashion show last night. This is our ninth year partnering with uh, partnering with Avalon. Last night we raised over eighty five thousand dollars, bringing our grand total over the past nine years to over half a million dollars. Great job. Just really, um, you guys, you show up every single year for this, and I, I tried to say this last night. For whatever reason, Kristen and I were very emotional last we night. We were so I, emotional. I couldn't stop talking. It was coming from the heart and the soul, and I just couldn't stop talking. I think it's because it's 20 years. I think it's 20 years. We had 20 kids back there, um, and you and I, the video that they put together, which we're going to share today if you weren't able to join us last night, um, there was a video put together to explain what Burt's Big Adventure is, it's more than just the trip to Disney. It's the Fairy Godparent Program. It's our, you know, annual family reunions to bring everybody together. And watching that, I just, <laughs> I felt so damn lucky to be a part of this organization and to do what we do. Kristen and I are backstage last night just about boo-hooing <laughs> about, like, how lucky we all are that we found each other and oh, that man. this organization you guys have supported so much over the years. And yeah. I won't say made it easy um, because I know that our staff works really, really hard, but yeah. just feel so fortunate to be able to give these kids um, this kind of exposure. And I said this last night that the $85,000 is a huge number for us. As you guys know, with this trip down to Disney World with kids that have chronic and terminal illnesses, we have purposely kept it really, really small. Um, I never wanted this organization to be so big where the kids didn't have our phone numbers. I still get texts from Alyssa Leonard all the time, and I love it. I love it. Um, but this event to me, and Kristen said it in the video also, and it, I really felt it last night, was our kids get to be seen. Yeah. You know, a lot of you guys understand this because you have special <laughs> needs kids. And sometimes you feel like you're on the outside looking in. And sometimes you feel like you're overlooked and you're not seen. But on a night like this, when you have 20 kids that may be struggling at school, maybe getting bullied, getting bullied, this, we're hearing this way too much. Yeah. And on a night like this where they're just dressed to the nines, man, they look so good. And they come out on that blue carpet. And you got a couple of hundred people just cheering you. The money is great. They are seen, man, and mm -hmm. you can feel that backstage. And I got to walk down with um, BBA 2014 kiddo Georgia. She was so nervous. Even though she had done it before, she was, like, really young when she had done it. And so she's much older now, was very, very nervous about it. And after we walked back off the runway later on, she's like, did you hear them all cheering? Did you hear them cheering for me? And the <laughs> confidence boost that it gave her from her before, she's such a sweetheart. But to after, seeing her glow and be able to, like, own herself and feel good about herself just by sheer, pe like, the people in the audience. Georgia is my biggest success story on Burt's Big Adventure. <laughs> so, Georgia is the kid that we told you guys about years ago. She has just always been a scared of me. Yeah. Uh, and hated me. Yeah. I mean, loathed me. Um, so bad one That's year. That's not an exaggeration. No, 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 no. I don't know what I did. She just looks at me and she's like, no. no. <laughs> right? uh, in fact, one year at uh, noon tonight, uh -huh. 
she grabbed the mic and took a look at me. And didn't she say that? Yes, she did. She's like, no! Looking right at me. And here we are uh, a, a few years beyond that. And she has turned into the sweetest kid. When I see her and I get a hug from her, yeah. I feel somehow, some way, so rewarded by that because she really is a sweetheart. It was 10 years ago we went on the trip with her. Is that right? Yes. Dang. I know. And these are success stories from you guys. You know, I don't want to... This, I don't want this to be about us because you're the ones that show up every year. You're the ones that have supported Bert's Big Adventure from day number one. So without you guys, these kids aren't seen. We don't have the money to take them down to Disney World. So I don't know how many ways I can say thank you and show gratitude to her to you guys. One of my favorite things last night was on top of seeing how all the kiddos look always amazing yeah. was how much they were like friends. I mean, like, uh-huh. the, like mm-hmm. backstage, they were just hanging out as if they had known each other for years. And it was like so cool to see that the way that they bonded. And we've said this, like this is now a family. Yeah. Um, we didn't see this happening when we started Burt's Big Adventure 20 years ago. This was just going to be a trip down to Disney World where we got these families together and got them away from their hospitals and got them away from their protocols. And as Mo was saying, this is a family now, man. They look forward to seeing each other. They are hanging out with each other. They text each other all the time. It's a real family. It, it is. The community is just so beautiful that has grown um, with Bert's Big Adventure. I know we can't thank everybody, but there are some um, people we do want to give some love to. Monica Kaufman Pearson and Christine Pulara did a fantastic job in seeing last night. Legends yes. in Atlanta. Thank you for taking the time. And Randy Lane in Catwalk Productions. <laughs> Every year, she, I mean, you talk about a woman who puts her heart and soul into this fashion show. She is just incredible. Tommy was our DJ last night, and he crushed it. Yvonne Monet in, in the hotel at Avalon did our VIP after party. Dean Crownover, <laughs> the greatest auctioneer known to man. He works that carpet for the fund to need and was able to raise so much money in 30 minutes. It was supposed to be five minutes, but we go over. Huh? Um, <laughs> and all the volunteers and our Burt's Big Adventure staff, mm-hmm. like, this is not something that gets pulled together in a week. <laughs> this is something that takes months to put together. And it just, the weather was flawless. The kids were flawless. Last night was flawless. Um, If you need to, like, feel the spirit of that night last night, or if you're having a crappy morning, you're stuck in traffic or whatever, and you have these inconveniences in your life, and you just want to go into work today, and you want to feel good about life, go and check out this video, or check out all of our Instagrams from last night, because it'll put a smile on your heart and your soul. The video is going up on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Show. Sweet. And if you ever want to get involved with Burt's Big Adventure, man, here we are. We'll take you. Um, we've got a whole bunch of really great sponsors that are in it for the heart, not just for the cash and the notoriety. And it lives on because of you guys. So thank you again to everybody at Avalon last night. I, I feel like there hasn't been a word invented yet that I can communicate to show how much gratitude that we all have for you guys. So right now you're just going to have to deal with thank you. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you doesn't seem to cut it. Some, somebody created something else. All the pictures and everything else up online right now at thebirdshow.com and birdsbigadventure.org. The Bird Show.